Okay, people, it's an early week special echo chamber, right? Got a, you know, a new thing dropping. So well, we thought we'd lace you up with a sign, a little nice, nice. You know what I mean? But before we do, let's, you know, take a look at the UK box office top 10, you know? So at number 10 is The Duke. This is the new film from Roger Mitchell, starring Jim Broadbent and Heather Craney. At number nine, it is Jujitsu Kazin Zero, the movie, right? It's anime, all right? So it is directed by Song Hu Park, written by Gage Akatami. Which means, people, yes, at number eight, it's Gareth Jennings' Sing 2. So number seven, I think this is new in, it's the worst person in the world, right? It's not a Putin documentary. No, 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 this is directed by Joachim Tria. Um, Tria co-wrote it with Eskil Vult. Um, yeah, starring Renate uh, Rezes, Anders Danielson Lee, Maria Grazia Di Mio, and Herbert Nordrum. Okay, so that means people at number six, it's the Phantom of the open so this is the new film from craig roberts written by scott murray and simon farnaby starring reef ifans mark rylance sally hawkins mark lewis nigel betts et al so we are now in the top five and at number five is uh yeah, Catherine Tate with the Nan movie. Hmm. This is directed by Josie Rourke. Tate co-wrote with Brett Goldstein. And obviously Tate is reprising her Nan character. You've got Matthew Horn, um, Catherine Parkinson, Pete Bennett. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> At number four, still doing their thing. It's the Uncharted crew. So this is directed by Ruben Fischer. It is written by Matt Holloway, Rafe Judkins, and Art Markham. Starring Tom Holland, Sophia Ali, Mark Wahlberg, Tati Gabrielle, Antonio Banderas, Patricia Meaden, and Sarah Petrick. So that means at number three this week, it's the new Michael Bajer joint. It is Ambulance. This was written by Chris Bedak, Lortis Munch Peterson, and Lars Anders Henderson. So uh, it's starring Eza Gonzalez, Jake Gillenhall, Devon Chandler Long. Garrett Dillahunt, Yaya Abu Mattison II, A. Martinez, Andy Favaru, Keir O'Connell, 
It looks like it's an action-packed one. At number two, it is Triple R. R, R, R. I don't know how to pronounce the film, but that's it. It's three R's, people. What more can I say? It's directed by S.S. Rajmuli. Um, written by Madeline Kaki, Sai Madhav Bura, and Vivadendra Prasad. So, our number one film again is Matt Reeves' The Batman, obviously. Reeves co-wrote it with Peter Craig, Bill Finger, and it's starring Robert Patterson as the Cape Crusader himself and Bruce Wayne, Zoe Kravatz as Selina Kyle, Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon, Colin Farrell as Oz, Paul Dano as the Riddler, John Tarumo as Carmine Falcone, Andy Serkis is Alfred. So, yeah, that's the top 10 people. So, just a couple of films today. But before we get to them, let's, uh, let's have a little bit of information. Okay, people, so big news has dropped just on the heel. Literally, Flair, BFI Flair just finished, and those crafty sons of bitches have now revealed the date to the London Film Festival. The 60, the 60, the 66th. BFI London Film Festival, that is, people. Yes. So, on the 5th to the 16th of October is when all the fun is going to start. So, make sure you mark those dates down in your calendars. But that's not all. That's not all. Because now, submissions have opened up as well so um yeah if you have a short or a feature film people you can uh, submit your film with the hopes of it appearing at one of the best film festivals in the goddamn world right so uh final deadline dates for a seat of online submission forms and film screeners. So, UK and international short films, right, 40 minutes or less, is Thursday the 9th of June. Um, 5 p.m. British summertime. Okay, UK feature-length films, more than 40 minutes, is... Exactly the same, Thursday the 9th of June, 5 p.m., British summertime. Uh, but they also, we are pleased to open our submissions for LFF 2022 to UK shorts and features and international shorts. Right, uh, so this is the BFI London Film Festival presents a selection of the best in-world cinema, showcasing audiences, 
a wide array of films representing a variety of languages, genres, and filmmaking styles. The LFF showcases exceptional British filmmaking alongside international work. And the program spans features, shorts, fiction, documentary, artists, moving image, restorations, animation, and films for family, alongside titles destined for award season glory. Seeking films for selection, our programmers view films at other festivals, follow alumni filmmakers' work, and research films in production from UK distributors and international partners, actively tracking new work from different territories. The submissions process enables us to be open to filmmakers who wish for their films to be considered, so the festival can encounter fresh filmmaking voices that may not reach us by other means, ensuring we consider the widest possible pool of new work, from directorial debuts to established talent. We are particularly interested in receiving more feature films from the Caribbean, South Asia, and South Saharan Africa. If you have a project which fits the criteria, please email at lffsubmissions at bfi.org.uk. So, yeah, if you go uh, to the website, there is the, the form on how you submit all the guidelines um, and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, people, there there are fees. Um, so it seems that... Uh, actually, I don't know if there's a fee. I can't see the fee for UK short films. Um, for international short films, it's £20. Uh, if you get it in by the 27th of May... Um after the 27th of May to the 9th of June, it's £35, which is not that crazy, actually, if you consider it. Um, yeah, UK feature films, if you get it in before the 1st of April, it's £30. After the 1st of April to the 27th of May is £40. And then from the 27th of May to the 9th of June, it's £55. Okay, so ah, now the UK short films is 50, £15 before the 1st of April. Um, from the 1st of April to the 27th of May, it's £20. And then from the 27th of May to the 9th of June, it will be £25. So, people, there you go. That's all the information. Remember, the 5th to the 16th of October, 66th BFI London Film Festival. And you can guarantee that we will be there to cover it. So... Let's get into uh, some other stuff. Okay, people, let's get it popping with the new Judd Apatow joint, the bubble. 
Okay, people. So the new Judd Apatow. Jubba, yeah. Yeah. It's Jub Jub Judd Apatow. Apatow. I feel that's how you say it. Anyway, his new film has now hit Netflix. It is called The Bubble. And like I really enjoy yeah, most of Apatow's films. You know what I mean? Like this is fully just yeah, great. Happy to hear they're, they're looking to do a third. You know, Knocked Up was good. Just all them films, man, they're fun, right? Um, and with this one, because, right, I think the crazy thing about, you know, the pandemic and everything is, is the people that want to make stuff based on the pandemic, right? And for the most part, it sucks. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh, I don't, like, why do I want to watch a film about people in the pandemic? And it's just shitty. It's shit, like, trying to be like, oh, yes, look at our commentary on everything. And it's just, ugh, you just roll your fucking eyes, right? But, as I said, look, I enjoyed Judd's films. So I was curious to see what he does with this, you know? And especially when you look at the cast, it's like, yo, okay. All right, what, what's going to happen? Okay, so, um, yeah, he directs and he co-writes with Pam Brady. Um, Yeah. Apatel produces the film. Um, it's executive produced by Brady, uh, Barry Mendel, and Donald Sabunin. It is co-produced by Judah Miller, Dave King, Tim Inman, Steve Dawson, Andrew Dawson, with uh, Savannah Kelly and Dina Rosenblatt as associate producers. Andrew Bird handles the music. Ben Smithered is cinematography. Uh, Dan Shellack and James Thomas edit the film. Casting was from Victor Jenkins and Gail Keller. Um, art direction was handled by Neil Callow, Paul Girandani, Celestria Kimmins, and Virginia Arena. Uh, set decoration was Amanda Wilgrave. Lindsay Moore handled costumes. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the main lot. Now, our cast, well, whew, we have got Harry Trevor Dwin as Gumpfer, Samson Kao as Bola, Daniel Vitalis as Pippa, Karen Gillan as Carol Cobb, 
Rob Delaney as Carol's agent, Marty. Um, Fred Armisen is Darren Elgin. Chris Wistake is Josh. Um, Carol's boyfriend. He's got two kids. Adrina Woolrich is his daughter. And Grant Woolrich is his son. Uh, we've got Howie, played by Guz Khan. Anika is played by Maria Bakalova. Um, Ron John, the hotel manager, is played by Via Das. We've got Leslie Mann as Lauren Van Chance. Uh, David DeCopney is Dustin Mulray, her husband. Uh, we've got Keegan-Michael Key as Sean Knox. Nick Kusha as Scott. Galen Hooper as Carla. And Pedro Pascal as Dita Bravo. Uh, Judd's, well, just one of his daughters in this one. Iris Apatow. She plays Crystal Chris. Um, her mum is played by Maria Bamford. We got John Lithgow as Tom. Kate McKinnon is Paula, the studio boss. Donna Eyre is Susan Howard. Alexander Owen is Cyril. Ben Ashendine is Tim. Um, Ivy Walk is a YouTuber. Uh, we've got Xander M. Lano is Rafi. Uh, that is um, Dustin and Lauren's son. Uh, Monica is played by Katie O'Brien. Kate is Daisy Ridley. Uh, Zaki is played by Raphael Akaluk. Um, we've got Celeste Dring as Martha. Um, Zaki's wife, Minnie, is played by Catherine Drysdale. Yeah, that's essentially it. So the gist of the film is this. Sneaking out, hooking up, melting down. They bubbled up to make a movie, but this much togetherness is more than they can take. Right, so, uh, yeah, it's a film about actors and actresses making a film, right? That's what this is. And it's meant to, like, it's, it's meant to be this parody, right? This, this, this look at Hollywood, you know what I mean? Where they're, like, saying how ludicrous it is. You know, people moaning about, oh, I'm stuck in a hotel. Oh, no, I've got a quarantine in a big room with room service and everything. You know, when it's just like, yo, you're getting paid all this money and you're complaining and there's 
other people who were stuck, stuck, made redundant, you know what I mean? Couldn't leave the house. Or they're in a flat chair, so they're stuck in a room. You know what I mean? And then so it's showing the hypocrisy, like the ludicrous nature of it all. Uh, that's what this film is meant to be. Now, it's then, right, because then we're seeing the actual film being made, and it's like, oh, look, the, the film is essentially poking fun at stuff like, you know, these big-ass franchises like Fast and the Furious, right? When they're, you know, because we see kind of posters and clips from the previous five films where they go to space and they go, you know what I mean? Just like when the ideas run out, where do we send these people, right? That's the joke. That's the joke of it all. And, you know, it's fine. But I think the film is over two hours. It is long. It is a long-ass film. And you kind of notice it's long. Right? There, there's been films that were long. Like June was... I think, was June, I think June was two and a half hours, right? But, yeah, I did not notice. I did not notice it was that long. You know? And I think that's the mark of a really good film. When If it's long, you just don't... You know, Lord of the Rings, I don't care that it was three hours. And then I do the extended versions, which are even longer, you know what I mean? And, yo, I'm just there. I'm on it, man. Like, it's not like looking at my watch being like, ugh, what is happening? <laughs> this is way too long, you know? Um, no, I granted, some people don't want the length. I'm fine with it, man. Um, but yeah, this one, it is long. And because like the film is meant to be bad, right? And the actors are meant to be ir like no one is likable. You know, no one is likable. And you've got just shitty acting, but it's meant to be shitty acting. You know what I mean? It's meant to be shitty acting. It's meant to have trashy dialogue. Well, within the film, within the film, it's meant to be, right? But even the parody dialogue, which is poking fun of the whole thing, right? That, there's a lot of it that just felt kind of forced, right? And I think that's a big thing. There's these situations and everything, and it just feels a little bit forced, you know, when they're, they're making fun of how to kill the beasts and all of this, and it's just like, no, it's not. It's just this thing, and it comes in, and it comes out, and it'll be coming at you. And and it's just like, uh, yeah, I not understand what you're trying to do, but it's just, it's not subtle. I think that's the big thing. It's not subtle. Now, I remember This Is The End. I love This Is, this is The End was hilarious you know what i mean i and that it, it, it's a, again it's like this parody but it it worked you know i felt that one really worked because it was just stupid it, it was stupid it knew it was stupid 
You know what I mean? And it's... It, 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 it's not being too ludicrous. I mean, granted, it's the apocalypse. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there is that level of, <laughs> what are they doing? You know what I mean? There is that level of that. But it still worked, right? It, it, it still really worked for me. Uh, so, yeah. You, you had that, you had stuff like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which was, you know, playing on the relationships breaking up and Russell Brand's character was just over the top, but it was fine. It worked. You know what I mean? And, and so you can look at some of Apachow's films and you, you'd be like, yeah, that was, I mean, that was crazy, but... It, it doesn't matter. It, it comes off still as hilarious, you know? And I think that is the, that is the big thing. This one for me, it, it was just forced. Like the dancing and just, it didn't feel as fun and natural. Like when we had the big dance scene in 40 Year Virgin, it's it's just stupid. It's funny, right? You're just like, yo, what are they doing, man? In this, you just kind of roll your eyes a little bit because it's just like, okay, yes, you know, now it's making fun of social media and the fact that films will throw social media stars with no acting into things, right? Just because they have followers, which does not equate to people watching your film. Right, that's the big thing. Like the followers on social media, they're not brand loyal. You know what I mean? They don't necessarily follow people to every single thing, you know. But people still seem to think that. But yeah, that's the thing with this. It's just, it's just way too on the nose, right? It's kind of like, did you just see what we did there? That was funny. You know, we're poking fun at that. Did you did you see? Do you understand what we did? That's what we were getting over and over again. And like, you know, like this whole security guard thing was just. You're, you're just like, wait, what the fuck is going on? What? Like, it didn't really make any sense. You know, like the whole football player thing again. It was just like, uh, okay, all right, if we're really doing this, you know, and that is such a episode. I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it. I was like, ah, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do, man? How's he gonna make me fucking laugh? And it was just like, okay, okay. Like the Dida, you know, Pascal's character was just, uh, you know, it, it was, okay, so, yeah, again, look, I understand they're making fun, but we've just seen these characters before, but done a tad better, you know? That's the thing. But, hey. I am sure there's going to be people that are like, yo, this is the 
funniest thing, man. The funniest thing I've seen. I wish I could say that, but it just didn't didn't work for me. But I didn't like funny people. A load of people like funny people. So I would probably say if you liked funny people, then I think the bubble might be you, right? If you enjoyed the stuff like Not Another Teen Movie, right? Like Not A Disaster Movie, you know, that kind of ill. If you enjoyed those, I think the bubble will speak to you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think you have to weigh up what kind of things you enjoy comedy-wise because it might not work if you're just like, yo, I'm I'm looking for another super bad. I'm looking for another, you know what I mean? This is the end. Knocked up, whatever, whatever. It's not that. I didn't think anyway. But, uh, yeah. You know, we're just seeing these people at different stages of their careers, at different points of the shoot, and how it's unraveling and everything's going nuts. But, yeah, I just didn't care, right? It wasn't like, oh, man, I hope these people get out, right? It was just like, okay, what are they going to do? How are they going to bring this to a close, you know, but hey, make up your own minds, people, just think of the Judd films that you've enjoyed, the ones you haven't, you know, think of stuff like the sequels to Van Wilder, Van Wilder itself was funny, man, but think of the sequels, right, and then, yeah, as I said, look, they're not another films, just all of that, if you enjoy them, then this will work. If you didn't, then maybe you don't want to watch this. But yeah, people, that's just just my opinion, right? So yeah, do you, people. Okay, and let's bring it home with the new joint from the Small Monsters crew. It's on the trail of UFOs, Night Visitors. Okay, people, so those crazy kids at Small Town Monsters are back. Yes, that is correct. Right, they are just about to drop their new documentary, right, which is a a follow-up on their On the Trail of UFO series, right? Um, This one is Night Visitors, okay? So it is written and directed by Seth Breedlove. Yo, and remember we spoke to Seth back in... I think it was 2020, right? I think. I don't know, man. I lose track. But uh, yeah, he writes and directs. And we follow Shannon Legros from Under Frey, right? As she investigates all of these uh, weird sightings, you know? The gist is this. Do cattle mutilations still plague the American West? 
According to the latest documentary from Small Town Monsters, the phenom, which was popularized through references in shows like The X-Files and Unsolved Mysteries, continues to this day. On the trail of UFOs, night visitors unveils a detailed look at the ongoing UFO activity occurring across the country through interviews with investigators and eyewitnesses. The feature-length documentary promises to take viewers on a journey into a side of the subject that they've never explored. Night Visitors is the follow-up to the widely successful 2020 miniseries On the Trail of UFOs and 2021's On the Trail of UFOs Dark Sky. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah, I said it follows Sharon, Sharon Shannon Legros as she searches for answers across the stunning mountains and prairie lands of Colorado. Her search takes her deep into often overlooked and deeply disturbing sides of the UAP topic, cattle mutilations and human obstacles. Productions. Yeah. <laughs> now, people, does that speak to you? You know what I mean? Does that speak to you? So, yeah, they investigate a whole heap of people, one of which is Tim, Tim, Tom, Tim, Tom Miller, right? Who's a uh, cattle rancher. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people. Hey, they also give a shout out to Angela Hills. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's her aunt and uncle, right? Um, who got abducted, abducted by aliens, right? Which was just like, oh shit, yeah. Uh, but it's an like it's definitely interesting. Like all of these things are interesting. You know what I mean? Just uh. Like, you don't have to believe it, right? Sometimes, you you know, things can come off a little like, mm, I don't know, right? I don't know. But I will say, I'm kind of open, right? I'm skeptical, but I'm skeptical? Yeah, yeah. But I'm open, you know what I mean? It's like, I think there's definitely shit out there. Death, I mean, space is so fucking big, and people, so is the ocean. You know what I mean, there's, there's parts of the ocean we have not even touched. So, yeah, aliens could be out there, extraterrestrials, beings from other places, you know. Now, with some of the stuff people say, do I believe them? I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's interesting to see, right, the rationale of some of the people talking. I I do think some people, you know, what I mean, hmm, it's like it could be a little dubious. Right, especially when like we meet an investor. I forget her name. She's got blonde hair, so you'll know the one. Because I think there's only one blonde woman. I think there might be more. I don't know, people. I can't see for shit. Right. Anyway, 
So we have this blonde woman and she's an investigator and she's talking throughout the film and, you know, being like, oh, yeah, so we looked into this and we do this and blah, 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 blah. We then find out a little something about her, which I think could call into question everything, right? Could call into question everything. There's another dude they speak to about um, his experience. But now, th there's, no, there's no reference of this. This is just me. The way he's like, he's mad shifty. He's mad shifty, like just, he, he looked a little, you know what I mean? And he's looking down all the time. It kind of came off that he's he, he could be a crankhead, right? Now, hey, he might not be, right? That might just be me overreaching. So if it is my man, I apologize. But he did come off like he might be up on sign. You know what I mean? He might be feeling for something, which then <laughs> makes me question. Now, it's entertaining, right? The, the way he's breaking it down, though we do get that thing, right? It's, it's like in horror films when it, it's just like people hear a noise and they're like, they're safely in the yard, but for some reason they go outside or they go into a cellar or a room where there's no other exit. And you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that makes no sense. So when my man's talking, he's like, oh, yeah, so kept on hearing this noise. So I went outside and be like, yo, why you go outside? Why would you go outside? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, there's a, things like that. One thing that was uh, was so amusing, we we visit a lady who has the I think it's like it was called the Alien Watchtower. There was no tower. Right? There's no tower. You can't call it an Alien Watchtower unless you've got a fucking tower. At least build some sort of shape. Doesn't have to be mad levels tall, even if it was just you know two three levels. I'd, I'd at least be like, okay, it's some, but there is no tower. Why are you calling it a tower? There's nothing there. You're just sitting on a fucking deck chair in the dirt. What up with that? Huh? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it that's really like, because you're getting all these stories of stuff. It's funny how like people will break it out and they'll be like, yeah, no, so that definitely shows this, and everything's a definite, and I'm like, yo, if you were a bit more circumvent with the, with your description, I might be a bit more, but when you're saying, no, so yeah, basically, that definitely shows that that thing was done by blah, 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 and you're like, mm, I don't know if you can say that, are you, uh, you know, a surgeon, are you a vet? I do have, you know, straight knowledge of this shit. If not, you can't talk on that. You can make your assumptions. That's all fine. But you can't be all definite. 
<laughs> these people would be all definite. Like, yeah, no. So we definitely saw, you know, black helicopters disappear into the mountain. Did you now? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> hey, if you're living in mad heat, I, you know what I mean? Like your eyes will play tricks on you, you know? <laughs> As Scarface once said, <laughs> oh, my hip hop heads will know that one, people. But yeah, or heat stroke, right? And there's also groupthink. You know what I'm saying? Because when you get all these people going, oh, yeah, so yeah, I, I saw this light and they it went into rectangles and then it went back into saucers and then it went blah, 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 blah. I'm like, there is a groupthink mentality where people will say the same, because this isn't, you know what I mean, 1900s, where news doesn't travel, right, this is the age of the internet, you can look up these stories, you can look up things people say, you can watch videos on YouTube and whatnot, so it doesn't necessarily surprise me when you have people talking in the same fashion, you know, using the same descriptive terms, right? There are times I think people could be led slightly. There's when you're talking to someone about this and you say, you know, I mean, they're breaking something down and you go, that's interesting. Now, when that happened, did you think blah, blah, blah? Because a lot of people have said that and they're like, yeah, that's what I thought. They're like, don't give them anything let them say the shit you know what i mean it was just safely like yo that's crazy what else happened right how did you feel that's fine but don't give them anything to be like yes that definitely happened to me too that definitely happened to me too <laughs> but as i say this is highly entertaining it's highly entertaining i liked the the production where you know what I mean they they when they um making transitions and things like that from scene to scene like sometimes they do a little glitchy effect like it's you know you're in the matrix or something right which I thought that was fun you know and as I said look they cover a lot of stuff they break it down in a way that's easily digestible for you. You know, so when you're watching it, it's just like, yo, that's clear. Okay, boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? So, hey, it's put together well. And if you're a fan of all the content from Small Monsters, yo, you'll be down with this. You know what I mean? This will be your jam for sure, people. This will be your jam. So, April the 5th, mark it down on the calendars. There's the pre-order links in the episode information, right? So if you want to cop it, right, you've got, uh, we've got a link for Amazon and people, we have a link for iTunes. So yeah, if you want, right, this new join on the trail of UFOs night visitors, then boom, people, go support Seth and the crew, right? Seth and Shannon did some good work here, 
And yeah, it's, you know, in the vein of previous stuff. So, yo, if you're down with that, then you will definitely be enjoying this new jaunt on the supernatural side. Okay, people, as we draw to a close on this special Echo Chamber, let's take a look at some film news. So it looks like Sharon Stone is jumping into the superhero universe. Yes. She is joining the Blue Beetle. Yeah, she's going DC. So, as far as I'm aware, Beetle is going to be one of their straight to HBO at H, blah, one of their straight to HBO Max films. I believe shit changes though, right? And it looks like Stone will be playing Victoria Cord, right? The villain of the piece. Boom, boom, boom. So, um, yeah, as far as I'm aware, I believe this is a, a new character. A new character with ties to an old character. Um, so, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, now, it, it, it seems every week we get a new addition, and yeah, Gary Oldman seems to be the new person joining the Christopher Nolan Hoppenheimer joint at Universal. So, um, hey, you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to that one, people. Ain't gonna lie. Uh, so, uh, John Carney has a new film set, and it's going to be a Bee Gees biopic over at Paramount. Yeah, right? So, um, yeah, John Logan is writing the script, right? We've got uh, Graham King, Elizabeth Murdoch, Stacy Snyder, and Jane Featherstone producing. And yeah, it's going to be taking a look at uh, the Beatles. You know what I mean? Who had hits, people. Hits. And um, yeah, Barry. I believe it was Barry. And not, uh, not the other one. I mean, there was three. But you know. um, yeah, I believe Barry wrote hits for like... Um, Diana Ross, and you know, what I mean, all sorts of people. So, yeah, the Beatles, the BGs, they had hits, but they wrote hits for other people as well, you know. So, um, hey, I'm interested to see what they do with this, you know, what I mean, it'll be interesting, it will be interesting. So, um, what another thing that's gonna be interesting is. A Jim Henson documentary. That's right. And it is being brought to us by Ron Howard and Brian Grazer. Right? So it's a, a Disney joint. 
right? And they're saying it's a definitive portrait of older Jimmy Boy Henson, which makes sense because, you know, Disney has the Muppets and all of that jazz. So, yeah, you know, they're saying they, they're going to be utilizing some never-before-seen personal archives, you know? Um, yeah. I wonder if they'll be using material from the uh, the uh, the memoir that came out a few years back. But yeah, Jim Henson is a fascinating, fascinating cat, right? A bit like Steve Jobs, kind of. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So it's it was. Ain't banded around towards the end of last year, but it looks like it is definitely happening, people. And I'm talking about the Crow reboot because old Billy Boy Skarsgård has joined on to play the role of Eric Draven. Yes, now that's the character that uh. Brandon Lee played in the early 90s. I think it was early 90s film, right? Or mid 90s. Um, but yeah, you know, it was actually based on a comic book by James O'Barr. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think they're trying to make it more along the lines of the comic rather than the last film. But, you know, I am kind of curious, right? It's been directed by Rupert Sanders. Um, yeah. Edward R. Pressman and Malcolm Gray are going to be producing with uh, Zach Balin um, writing a script. So, yeah. Let's see what happens with that. Okay, so, um, yeah. Joel, he made Tragedy of Macbeth last year. And now Ethan has his own solo joint ready to pop. Right? He's going with focus and working title. Um, I'm not sure if it's got actually got a name. Right, it's based on a script him and his wife wrote in the mid 2000s, right? Called Drive Away Dykes, and they're saying this is um, a throwback to the Ross Meyer um, exploitation lesbian road trip movies of the 70s, right? Uh, so yeah, the, the gist is meant to be about a party girl who takes a trip from Philadelphia to Miami with her button-down friend, bar cruising, a severed head, a bitter ex-girlfriend, a mystery briefcase, and an evil senator all come into play. So, um, yeah, we will see. It's being produced by Robert Graff, Tim Bevan and Eric Fellner. So, uh, yeah, there you go with that one. Now, we got a few things popping at Netflix, right? First up, no big surprise, but Robert Rodriguez is uh, bringing Spy Kids back, right? Now, 
this is, it's not going to be a continuation of the original story. They're saying this will be a new family of spies, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we we can kind of get a, a a vibe of what Rodriguez might do. You know, he brought us we can be heroes um, at the start of lockdown. So, you know, in that kind of felt a bit spy kiddie esque, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, there you go. It's being produced by David Ellison, Dana Goldberg, Don Granger, Elizabeth Avalan, and Racer Max. I mean, what a name, Racer Max, right? That's a name, people. <laughs> now, secondly, at Netflix is a new film which was um, co written by Daniel Kalua. Yes, um, he co wrote the film with uh, Joe Marta, right? Who's, um, I think, a writer on Gangs of London. Um, so the story idea came from Kalua. Kibwe Tavrez and Daniel Emerson. Right, uh, Tavrez is going to be directing the film, and um, yeah, basically, people, it's a futuristic dystopian drama. Ah, uh -huh. right, um, and it's called The Kitchen. Right, so they're saying it unfolds in London in 2044, a future where wage disparity is at breaking point. All forms of social housing have been eradicated and London's working classes have been forced to live in temporary accommodation in the city's outskirts. The kitchen is the first and the largest of its kind, and London's last village harboring residents that refuse to move on and move out of the place they call home. There is Izzy, a resident desperately trying to find a way out, and 12-year-old Benji, who has lost his mother and is searching for a family. We follow the unlikely pair as they battle to survive in a system stacked against them. Yes. And finally, over at Netflix, is Aurora. This is the new joint from Catherine Bigelow. Um, it follows in the wake of a solar storm that knocks out most of humanity's power grids. The action focuses on the personal story of a divorced mother who must now do everything she can to protect her teenage daughter and her estranged brother, a wealthy Silicon Valley CEO who has built a luxurious bunker in the desert for just a disaster. So, uh, it is um, being written by David Coop. Um, yeah, and it's getting produced by Greg Shapiro and Gavin Paloon. And let's end with this one, people, because um, Project Artemis is uh, the new film directed by Jason Bateman, and it's going to be starring Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans, right? It's a new 
apples, apple, apples, apple joint, right? The uh, the gist of the story is being kept under wraps, but they're saying it's set against the space race. So um, Rose Gilroy and Rene Russo wrote the script. So uh, yeah, let's see what happens with this one. It's um. Yeah, supposedly it was part of a huge bidding war, you know? So, uh, yeah, let us see, let us see. But, people, that is it. Now, you know what I mean? On the search of UFOs is out today. So, yeah, go take a gander, people. There's the um, all the links in the episode information. And if you're a fan of Small Town Monsters stuff, I'm sure it's going to be up your street. So there we go for this special. Don't worry, a proper episode will be dropping later in the week as well. So until then, people, enjoy your film watching. Peace.